Hilchus Sefer Torah. Again, the Raman puts Tefillin, Mezuzah, and Sefer Torah in one category. So even though it's the first parak of Hilchus Sefer Torah, it's parak Shvi. Halacha Aleph. It's supposed to say it's a positive commandment. I'll call Yishmi on every single Jewish individual. Uh, every single Jewish male, that is. According to the Rambam, to write a Sefer Torah for himself. Shemem Pasuk says, and now write for yourselves, in the plural. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, as Hashira, this... Uh, the, uh, this uh, this song, the song of Hazinu, clearly uh, to say, write yourself a which has in it the book of Hazinu. And how do you know it means to write the whole Sifatera, which has in it the book of the, the, the song of Hazinu, not just a song, um, but not just to write the song of Hazinu independently. You may not write a Sifatera with separate portions. You have to only write a Sifatera whole complete. So therefore, when a terrorist says to write the song of Hazinu, it must mean to write it in the permitted context of writing a complete Torah scroll. Despite the fact that the person inherited a Sefer Torah, he admits to write his own Sefer Torah. Of course, if he writes a Sefer Torah with his own hand, it's like he received it from Harsinai, a very special level of doing the mitzvah. If he's not able to write a Torah scroll, he can commission someone else to do it for him. Whoever uh, edits or checks uh, a Torah scroll. Even if he only doesn't check the whole scroll, he checks a part of it, or even one letter. It's as if he wrote the entire thing. For that reason, it's customary for many people to fulfill their obligation of writing a Torah scroll because they can't afford to write a whole Torah scroll uh, or they're unable to, to uh, buy a letter in a Torah scroll or uh, 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 inspect, uh, check over uh, a part of a Torah scroll. Halacha base. The Hamelech, the king, the Jewish king, mitzvah love lichtev sefater lech laatzmi. It's a mitzvah for him to write a, a uh, one Torah scroll for himself. The Shem Melech for the sake of being a king. The Yisrael sefer shayil yid like Yeshua yadit. Besides the Torah scroll he had when he was a commoner. Shem Melech says before he was a, before he was a king. Shem Melech says vaya bechshiftei al kisem b'machtei. It will be when the king will sit on his royal throne. Because of the evagrami, he should write for himself a sefater. Uh, etc. That scroll is uh, checked from the Torah scroll that was kept in the temple courtyard. Uh, with the uh, based on the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court should do that inspection and make sure that Sefer Torah is written correctly. Now the Sefer Torah he had when he was a commoner, that's placed in uh, storage, not in, not in Shemus, but it's placed uh, set aside in its uh, proper appropriate storage place. The one he wrote, or the one that was written for him, after he became a king, after Shemalach, Yimei should always be with him. If he goes out to war, Sefer Torah should be with him. If he goes back from the war, the Sefer Torah should be with him. Yeshua Bedin, if he says judgment, Yimei should be with him. Mesev, when he reclines to eat, should be opposite him. Shemalach Pazik says, the Torah scroll will be with him, it should be with him. He shall read from it all the days of his life. If he did not have a Sefer Torah prior to becoming king, he must write for himself two Torah scrolls after becoming king. One, he has to write as an obligation as any Jew, as a commoner, that he must put in the appropriate storage place. The second one should be with him constantly, as we said, never should leave him. Except only at night. Actually, in the Ramam, in Hilchas Malachim, Seems to say the terror scroll should be with him even at night. So it's a contradiction. Some suggest uh, uh, that this is a printing error. In any event, when he goes into the bathhouse or the bathroom, again the sefer does not need to be with him. When he uh, goes to sleep, it does not need to be with him. Halacha doubt. written without 
uh, uh, being ruled, in other words, the indented lines, which enable the scribe to write in a system, in a uh, neat fashion. Or it's written partially on a parchment called Gvil, that's described in Hilchus Mezuzah, uh, or partially on Klaf. If it's written on one or the other, it's kosher. If it's written part on one part, it's, it's, it's a mixture, possible, then it's invalid. Ella, rather, I call it Gvil, or Klaf, it must be either all on Gvil or all on Klaf. You write a very nice, uh, attractive uh, writing style, calligraphy. Between each word should be a small letter, like a yud, uh, the space of a small letter, that is, of course. Between each letter should be a tiny space, the length of a hair, the width of a hair. Uh, the letters may not be touching each other. Between each line, it should be separated by a, a, uh, the same space, a written line, so it should be, it should be single spaced. The length of each um, line should be thirty letters. To write the uh, which means by their families, it's the longest word in the Torah has ten letters. three times. Funny, the Rambam writes in Aramaic rather than Shalosh Pamim. They both mean three times. That is the width of every uh, length of every every column. Now, it's, in our, our tradition, the way we write, write, write the word Mishpachaseim is without a Yud. Excuse me, without a Vav. Um, but, uh, uh, so it's actually nine letters, but in any event, it's ten letters is the form that Amam holds that one should use to write the Sifatera, the width of each column, the width of each line, excuse me, which is also the width of each column, of course. V'zehu reichav kol daf daf, that is the width of each column, because the column is made up of lines, they have the same width. But lo the line should not be smaller than that. Because they should so that the column should not be like a letter, uh, like a, like a, um, a a letter that's sent like a messenger from the king, a message from the king. So it was that style to write shorter lines. So a sifatari unique style should be to have slightly wider columns than that. Should not be wider than that either. His eye should not wander through the text, so it's harder to kind of. You know, uh, go from the end of end of line one to the beginning of line two correctly. If it's too wide, it's because your eyes get lost in between. You should not uh, uh, scrunch the letters. You know, you minimize the the the, uh, the size of the letters or the writing of the, the handwriting because of the space you must leave between two parshas. So, for example, if you have to stop one parsha at the beginning of the line, leave a space to start another parsha at the end of the same line. So that's a parsha called the parsha stuma. But you're afraid you're not going to have a proper amount of space between them, so you should not scrunch the letters. That's not, that's not, that's not attractive. What you should do, we'll describe soon. If a person, uh, uh, actually, Ram will describe in later halachas, uh, later program, what to, what to do that in, that in that scenario. Um, if a person has now a letter of five, a five letter word to write, and there's only a small amount of space left on the line. So don't write two in the in the uh, column, and then three outside the column in the margin. In the case of rather write three lines in the column. And two lines, two words. Excuse me. Write three letters in the column, and two letters outside the column in the margin. So it should be only slightly deviating. It's just if there's not enough to, to, uh, not enough space within the column to write three letters. So you only can write two letters, and you have to write. You want to write three letters outside the column in the margin. Then better don't do that. Better leave the, the space blank of two letters blank. And start from the beginning of the next line, even though it's also not even because there's a slight uh, uh, change because it, it indents. But that's better than sticking out three letters. Uh, three letters. 
If a person has a letter of two, a word of two letters, even though we just said you may write two letters between the columns in the margin, that's if it's necessary because you can't fit them. But just to write a two-letter word at the outset in the in the margin should not be done. Go back to the beginning of the line and write it there. If inside the line he has a word which he has to write which is 10 letters or more or less than 10 but, but the point is, is that there's a, it's a large word the point is that there's not enough uh, in the space in the line to write it all within the column so he has to write part of it in the margin if he can write half of it in the column and half of it outside in the margin okay, so if he can do that if he can't do that if, if uh, less than half will be in the column, more than half will be in the margin, then he should leave it uh, blank, even though it's several letters, let's say it's, you know, it's uh, uh, four letters, he wants to write four letters in the column and six letters uh, in the margin, he should not do that, he should leave it blank and go back to the, he'll go to the beginning of the next line. So it seems that this is a repetition of what the Ramam says in the previous halacha, about the situation of the five-letter word, where he has a space to write just two or three letters, uh, it seems that the Ram is just expanding upon that, if I understand it correctly. So it's basically the same principle, regardless of the amount of letters you have in a word, however long the word is, if you can write uh, 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 the majority in the line, and the minority, will, or half, or less than half, will be uh, in the margin, that's okay. But otherwise, it's a problem. Between each one of the five chumashim, in the four spaces between, let's say, etc., should leave four empty lines without any writing. No more, no less than four. Start the next chumash, the beginning of the fifth line. When you finish the Torah, you have to finish the Torah at the end of the line, uh, excuse me, in the middle of the line, the middle of the line, and at the bottom of the column. Now, what if you are getting to the end of the Torah and you see you have a few more lines to write, but there's a whole big empty space below. You're not, when you finish writing those lines, you're still going to be towards the top or perhaps even the middle, but not the bottom of the column. And we're supposed to finish the Torah at the bottom of the column we just said. In some katsa, you write, write shorter lines. By writing shorter lines, each line being short, you will, even though it's you know, not ideal, we said it should be not too short, but in this case, um, you write very short lines, and this way you end up uh, quickly uh, uh, going down in the column. And that causes the uh, column to rise, so to speak, in a downward sense, if I understand this correctly. And, you, and then uh, when you get down to the bottom, the end of the Torah, you start, you start at, the, uh, beginning, beginning at the beginning of the line, uh, but, uh, but not completing it. Uh, and then you can which is at the, at the bottom of the columns in other words it's gonna, by doing this you're going to have very short lines you'll have a longer column than you were planning uh, than, you, or than you would have otherwise rather and then this way you do finish the Torah at the end of the column on the bottom as you're supposed to and making sure the last words are the beginning of the line don't finish the line you intend that the last few words of the Torah, which are the Nechal Yisrael, the middle of the line, at the bottom of the column. The person should be careful, the Sefer should be careful, the scribe, to write the lowest letters, which are written larger than the other ones, as by tradition, or smaller than the other ones, by tradition. 
make sure that that's done correctly. That's that's something that you can be careful about. It's not just a, it's not some kind of joke. It's important. Those letters which have dots on top of them by tradition, and the letters which are made to be written based on tradition in in a strange fashion. If you're going to have pay in the full face, like the uh, pays that are wrapped, and the crooked letters, uh, as uh, each scribe has copied from the other by tradition. Uh, presumably, the Amar means not just copied, but they were taught by the, uh, by the t- teaching scribes. We should be careful with the crowns, which letters are supposed to get crowns, and the amount of crowns those letters are supposed to get. Some letters have one crown. Some letters have as many as seven crowns. All the crowns are the image of a zayin, dakin, which are small, as thin as a hair. Those are these little crowns. They're little miniature zayins. All these things we just said previously in Allah are only for that most ideal way of doing the mitzvah. If anything of this is changed, or for example, a person is not careful regarding the crowns, because of but all the letters are written in the, in the correct form, or the letter, the lines are uh, uh, spaced closer together or further apart than ideal, the lines are longer or shorter than is ideal, as long as no letters are touching each other, and no letters are missing, and there's no extra letters. And no letter is missing its proper form. They all look like letters. And he did not change in the parsha, uh, which are supposed to be open versus closed, as we'll describe what that means. In the Sifatera, there's different paragraph breaks, there's two different types. One's called the Psucha, which means open, one's called, one's called the Stum, which means closed, which we'll describe in the next parak. is a kosher Sifatera, provided that. All the above uh, criteria are met. There are other things about the Sifatera which are not mentioned in the, in the Gemara, in the Talmud. But they're customs by, universally custom by Jewish scribes. And they are tradition, uh, man to man, through the chain of tradition. They are, for example, that the amount of lines on each column should not be less than 48, nor more than 60. The space between parashias, between sections of the Torah, and the space that's left there, and the various styles of psucha or stuma, should be a minimum of line letters, of, of nine letters, excuse me, asher, 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 which is the amount of, for example, writing the, le- the, the, the word asher three times. Three times three is nine. Asher has two letters. And that the first word on each line on top of the Song of the Sea of Azyashir should be the following five lines. The five lines immediately preceding it should have the, start with the following five words. Each one of the five lines. Haboyim. Bayabasha, Hashem, Meis, Bimitzrayim. That's five lines. And the five lines immediately below the Song of the Sea also five lines. The first word of each line should have the following letters. And the fifth line should start with And the five lines, excuse me, the lines, six lines, which start, uh, uh, the six lines which precede the song of Hazinu at the end of the Torah. Uh, 
which is the second last parsha, should be Vaida. The first line start with Vaida. Achri, second line starts with the word Achri, Haderech, Baachris, Vachisai, Kahal, and the final, the sixth line starts with the word Kahal, Sheshit, that's six lines. Umatimene Chamashitin, the five lines below the song of Hazinu. Again, Vayave, the first line should start with the word Vayave. The Daber, Asher, Hazes, and the fifth line start with the word Asher. Halachi Dalaf. These are all to do the best possible fashion. Again, again, these things, these traditions from these scribes. If it's anything changes in that regard, the apostle is not invalid. However, if a person writes a letter, a word which is supposed to be written in the Malay sense, meaning that it, a chaylam vowel or a chirik vowel is supposed to have a vav or a yud, but he did, he, did, he deleted the vav or the yud. He wrote it lacking. He writes something which is not supposed to have a vav or a yud with a vav or a yud. So, for example, the word oilam, he writes ayin, vav, lamed, mem. And it's supposed to be ayin, lamed, mem, for example, if this is the case. Or vice versa, it's supposed to be ayin, lamed, uh, it's supposed to be ayin, vav, lamed, mem. And he does not write the vav, he writes ayin, lamed, mem. For example, there are certain words in the Torah that even though they're written a certain way, we enunciate them, we pronounce them differently than they're written. It's completely different. And that's by tradition. So if he writes it the way it's, 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 it's said, for example, the word which Torah writes Yishgalena, but we, we, we read it as Yishkovena for various reasons. And he actually writes the word Yishkovena, which is how, how it's read. Or, for example, again, the word uh, we read it as Vatcherim, and he writes Vatcherim instead, though. Here it's better, any other example of that. The of Parsha, he writes a Parsha which is meant to be opened, he writes it closed. Uh, or he writes a parasha which is supposed to be uh, um, closed as open he writes the song with the song of Azashah the song of Azino are the one which are meant to be written in a unique fashion as we'll say in later Prakim he writes it just a regular style as the rest of the Torah or he writes one parasha one section like the song style for his apostle it's all invalid if a Torah cloud does not have the holiness of a Torah scroll and the it has the holiness rather of a, a book that is written to teach the students the Torah but doesn't have the holiness of an actual Torah scroll halacha yudbeis which has not been properly set, uh, uh, inspected, uh, hasn't been corrected with the mistakes, hasn't been checked over. to leave it more than 30 days because then someone's going to see it, get the wrong, make a, make a mistake, or copy it incorrectly, and then they'll start a whole trend of incorrect versions of the Torah. You have 30 days to correct it or it must be hidden away in Seamus. A sivater that has three errors in each column, so Yusaki that should be corrected. Even if has, even if every column has three errors, that's still correctable. The Mahayu Arba, if it's if it's four in, in each column, uh, that's a problem because then it's not no, no longer attractive. Uh, so it should be corrected. You should put in Shamus. If the majority of the sefer was checked to be accurate, so that means um, um, the majority of the letters are written properly. Uh, even if you have three or more errors in most of the columns, uh, alternatively, this, you can also say this means that, but that some expanded expand to mean that the majority of the columns are written properly. But if the majority of the safer, however you understand it, is correct and accurate, it's checked over. And there are four errors in the remaining columns. But there's one column that does not have four, four mistakes. So you have the majority is checked over. Um, the, the other columns, 
all have four mistakes except for one. In that case, it's possible to correct it. Lachid Gimel. Medvamur, when does that apply? When do we say that these are mistakes which you can't correct? It's a problem. If you write the. the, and, and, and why do we say these mistakes because there's too many of them Tifter looks, looks uh, unattractive if you write a letter which is supposed to have above or you and you write it without it so when you, when you uh, erase the word and rewrite it with the proper uh, amount of letters it's going to be wider than before because now there's an extra letter or, or extra two letters even maybe it turns out that now the column is slightly wider than it was before and then you're going to have these extra letters sticking out so it doesn't look attractive the whole the, the whole uh, column looks uh, there's, there's no uh, even margin however you wrote a word you're supposed to ha- not have a vav and you wrote it with a vav so then then even if um, uh, each uh, page has many mistakes can be corrected he erases it doesn't have to uh, have, have it hang between the margin so if you have uh, several, several, even, even several examples on every page where there's extra letters, when you erase them, write them correctly, it's more narrow. So you're not actually writing letters, uh, you're not actually extending the line into the margin, you're actually making it narrower, and that's uh, not a problem. So, um, so when, when do we say in the previous halacha that if there's uh, too many mistakes on each page, then it's a problem, you can't correct it because the statement becomes unattractive when you wrote two little letters and now you have to expand the, expand the line into the margin that has its limits but the other way when you, when you contract it because you're erasing letters and rewriting it in a way that's more narrow that can be as many mistakes as you want as long as you fix them and it's okay it's permitted to write all the five independently on separate scrolls they do not have the whole of the scroll you should not write just a, 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 that, that's if it's a full chumash just a small section of the, section of the Torah should not be written by itself that just have just one or some of the parashas you may not write a scroll for a child to learn from uh, again for the same reason uh, because it's forbidden to write a piece of the Torah however if your intention is to ultimately finish it and make a whole chumash out of it that of course is okay because uh, you have to start somewhere. So even though you're not going to finish it right away, but as long as you do it eventually, Yam does not give a timeline by when you have to do it. Kasha Megillah, if you wrote a, a uh, small part of the Torah on a scroll, Shalish Shalish Tevis Bishita Achas, you wrote three words at a time on each line. Mutter is permitted. This is generally speaking understood by the Ramam is saying that you have to write these three. It can't be in a uniform fashion. Now let's say three lines, three words per line. Um, it's like a haphazard scatter of, of three words here, three words there. That's the uh, that's the understanding. It's permitted to uh, connect or include all the entire all of scripture, all of Tanakh, in one single scroll. One kerech means like to, to fold or to roll. Again, between each one of the chumash, we should leave four lines. Between each one of the prophets, between, let's say, for example, Yeshua to Shaiftim, we should leave three lines. Um, I imagine between Devarim and Yeshua as well. Again, between each one of the Nevi'im in the book of uh, Treyasar, which is 12 short books of the Torah of, of the Nevi'im that are collected, collected in one book together. They're considered one book in the sense of. Uh, 
of Chazal uh, put together so it should not get lost. So you have to write them all together. It shouldn't be written separate. Again, Shalashit, again, three three uh, lines. The three lines are if one if you want to cut the safer the, the safer and make them into separate scrolls, you have a space to do that without cutting the letters. Uh, some suggest that this is that, that the Ramam has to be uh, amended to read, read, read a little differently, uh, but this is the basic Yersayas that most people have. Uh, here is the order of the Nevi'im. When you want to write this scroll, this is the order it should be written in, because the order in Torah is Torah as well. Yeshua, Shaiftim, so uh, Joshua, Judges, Shmuel, Samuel, Lachim, Book of Kings. Um, uh, you'll notice that the Shmuel and Lachim are both in one book. The idea of dividing Shmuel and Malachim into two separate books is a non-Jewish invention. Yumiyah, Jeremiah, Yechezkel, Ezekiel, Yeshaya, Isaiah, Triasa, the book of the twelve uh, Nevi'im. Sedak Ksuvim, here is the word of Ksuvim. Rus, Tehillim, Iyev, Job, Mishle, uh, Proverbs, Kehelis, Ecclesiastics, Shehashim, the Song of Songs, Kines, uh, which is we call Echa, Daniel, the book of Daniel, Megillah, uh, Ramam is referring to the Megillah of Esther, uh, uh, other texts include that the Rambam include the book of Ezra. This may be a printing mistake. Halacha Tazayin. All holy scriptures may only be written on a surface that is sirtut, which is like that indentation that, you know, ruled, you know, line, line, like lined paper, except it's not printed, it's just indented. Even if it's written on on paper, which is which is which is not parchment. But three words may be written without that that uh, indentation in lines. Yes, but more than three words also is forbidden. This scroll, which has uh, the Torah and Ksuvim together in one scroll, it does not have the holiness of a Torah scroll. It's like one of the Chumashim. Because if it has extra parts to the Torah, meaning it has parts beyond the five Chumashim, it's like it has less than five Chumashim. And therefore, it's considered like a regular Chumash, not a Sefer Torah.